Welcome back to the Out of Your Mind podcast. This is the first episode of season number two. And we have learned so much in this past year. And I will say, I am just as in love with the whole process as I was when I began in February. This season, you can expect lots more amazing interviews, as well as content designed to help you get unstuck from the state of fear, overthinking, overwhelm, and so much more. So join us as we focus on getting out of your mind so that you can have more fun, experience more joy, and truly love the path of evolution you are already on. So let's dive in. Hi, I'm Pam Godboys, ex-therapist turned self-development and business coach. And it wasn't that long ago that I was lost, not sure how to rewrite my own story of success. But fast forward through many failed attempts at an online business, and what I learned is that success really is an inside job. This is where the Out of Your Mind podcast was born. Applying the principles of mindset, spirituality, and all things woo, my guests will show you how this inner work is so critical to your business success. So if you are an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making that is looking to make a major impact on the world, you are in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Hey, you. I want to start by telling you I have missed you. And I wanted to jump into season two by offering you a little solo episode from yours truly with a question that I get so often, I really feel like it warrants its own episode. The question, how do I stop overthinking everything in my life, every decision, every choice, every idea, every experience? And I'll be honest, I used to only see overthinking as the clinical symptom of rumination. After all, I was in the field of mental health for almost half of my life, so everything was a diagnostic indicator. But then I began observing the world and diving into the research a bit more. And according to the psychological research, there are actually two types of people, those with a bias towards action and those with a bias towards thinking. Research also tells us that those with a bias towards action are happier on average than their thinking counterparts. But if you're an overthinker, you already know that living on the hamster wheel of overthinking every aspect of your life, every decision you make is a joy thief. And it's why you're here, right? It's why you're listening to this episode. Because a struggle that comes along with a bias towards thinking is the struggle to make a decision or a hesitation in the decision-making process, this leaves you in limbo, lying awake at 3 a.m., unsure of the action to take. And the area of your brain that is responsible for sitting in limbo is extremely draining on your energy. If you've ever belabored a decision and then you finally made the decision that felt the best to you, the feeling that you experienced was likely like a sigh of relief, like you'd been holding your breath and that you could finally breathe with ease. And that indicates contrast. And contrast means that you tend towards the other end of the spectrum. So if you're feeling a sigh of relief, when you finally make a decision, chances are before that you were stuck. Because sighs of relief, deep breaths where the shoulders just relax down and you're, the feeling, the experience, the thought is like, oh, finally. 
that indicates that you were stuck on the other side. So all of this thinking versus action taker is really about how you're wired. And do you know how you get that wiring? Well, you get it by thinking the same thoughts and having similar experiences over and over for an extended period of time. For instance, if you grew up in an environment where you either were not allowed to make your own decisions or your decisions were picked apart by a loved one, you likely struggle to trust your own choices. And this is for one of two reasons usually. The first is because you didn't have enough space to practice. So your subconscious mind tells you, oh, you can't make this decision. You don't have the experience. You've got to go to somebody else. You've got to ask a spouse, a parent, a friend to help you decide what to do in this scenario. Or the second was your choices and likely your feelings were always seen as wrong or you were always told they were wrong or the reaction that you got from the caregivers in your life indicated that you were wrong in some way for feeling or experiencing or making the choices that you made. And this happens in so many households without anyone actually realizing what's going on. So if you're like, yeah, 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 I grew up with trauma and that is so true. And it's very often the case in alcoholic households or or households where there's addiction. But it also happens in other households as well. Because well-meaning parents that are trying to help their children live in the world can sometimes cut them off in the knees. As a parent, when my daughter was young, I recall being really frustrated with a kid who cried about everything. And I recall myself saying things like, is it bleeding? No, then you're okay. Honestly, it wasn't until we had a difficult and anxious dog and the behavior said, don't tell him it's okay when someone comes to the door and he's barking, teach him that you've got it with your actions and give him some positive reinforcement for doing his job, which was notifying you that someone was there in the first place. It was then that I realized what we say and how we act matters. And I began applying the same principle to parenting. If big emotions are trying to communicate something, a need, a desire, and they're invalidated as a child, you grow to shy away from taking action because the actions in this context were basically shit on. These are just some simple experiences that most of us have had in our life that became part of the you you are today. The overthinking, overwhelmed, hesitant to take action, procrastinator that is looking to stop overthinking. But the really cool thing is just like ruts in the road, I happen to live in the Northeast and we get lots of ruts in the road in the springtime with mud, lots of dirt roads here. You can create new patterns, new neural pathways, new ruts by acting as if you're an action taker, by practicing the behavior And over time, as the new ruts form, the old ones will go away. The old ruts to say, I'm a procrastinator. I'm hesitant to take action. I'm an overthinker. I can't do this on my own. I need somebody else to decide for me. My decisions are never right. And because of these new ruts that get formed, these new neural pathways, where you start to trust your own instincts, your own decisions, you start to believe that you are capable, new connections are made. And then magically one day, you're no longer an overthinker. You're no longer awake at 3 a.m. obsessing about a decision you have to make. Well, it's not actually magic. I should know I've been teaching women to do exactly what I did about a decade ago, 
And that's changed the wiring in the brain. And as a result, you get more of the joyful, happy experiences you're seeking and less of the ruminating at 3 a.m. So how do you do this? This is what you want to know at this point. You're like, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard your stories. Now tell me how to do this. Well, I use a four-step process. Well, I guess it's actually a three-step process and then a bonus for a little bit more long-term success. And the first step is shifting your current frame. So looking at where you are and what you're doing and stop doing it. The second is a brain dump strategy that I've been using for years. And it's essentially to dump everything out, highlight what's important and move from there, kind of clear away. It's another opportunity to become aware of what's going on in your head. And then the third, which is what I really want to talk about on this episode today, is the hell yes method of trusting your own intuition. And then that bonus fourth step that I talked about is the step that supports you and keeps you rolling long-term. And those that includes things like daily meditation practices and movement practices, those types of things. So back to the hell yes method. If you know me, you know that I'm a quick decision maker. I mean, I sometimes pretend to hold off on a decision to check in with my husband. But in truth, if I have deemed something a hell yes decision, there's no stopping my forward momentum. I'm going to do it regardless. And that comes from practice in trusting what is the right choice for me. The work here is in practicing it day in and day out. Now, in truth, your subconscious mind makes 35,000 decisions a day for you. And that's great because could you imagine how exhausting it would be if you had to make the decisions you're making plus another 35,000, especially if you're a hesitant decision maker, if you have a tendency to overthink every choice and decision that you make. So what I want you to do is I want you to practice with the decisions that you're consciously aware of. And you can pick a category. You can pick a subcategory. You can decide that maybe you're somebody that struggles to decide what you want to eat, right? This seems really simple, but if you are overwhelmed and obsessed about what to eat. Maybe it's a practice that you use here. Maybe it's a practice that you use in your parenting. Maybe it's a practice that you use at work or in your relationship with a loved one. Pick a category, pick a place or a a relationship or a system in which you're going to change the way you make decisions. And then each time you have to make a decision, you're gonna ask yourself, is this a hell yes meaning? Is there something inside of you that's saying absolutely without a reason of a doubt, this is the choice for me? If that's the case, the answer is yes. If it does not feel like a hell yes, then we flip to the other side and we say, then it's a hell no for now. Now, the thing about this is obviously you can't make life altering decisions on day one with the hell yes, hell no method if you've never used it before and if you don't trust your own decision making to begin with. So you have to practice with things that are maybe not such a big deal. Maybe aren't so huge in the large scheme of things, right? You're not deciding to quit your job or you're not deciding to buy a a new house and move across the country. You're not deciding to spend all the money in your bank account on some big investment. You're not deciding to take a trip to Europe next week, right? We're not talking impulsive decisions. We're talking about making decisions that feel right, that feel aligned. And so every decision that you have to make, and I started using this out for my own experience. I started using this in my business. Does this feel right? And that's where I started. Does this feel right? Yes or no. And if I wasn't sure, 
then I would just start picking it apart a little bit. Well, why am I not sure? What's getting in the way of me being sure? And the reason that I love the hell yes method is if you truly embrace this idea and you only say yes when the answer is hell yes, you're very rarely making impulsive decisions, right? You're not just, I'm not really sure, so I'm going to say hell yes. You're like, this is an absolute hell yes. This is the best idea I've ever had. I don't know where it came from, but I'm, but I'm in. So I want you to practice simply asking yourself, is this a hell yes? If it's a hell yes, take action on it. Don't think about it. Don't obsess about it. Don't ruminate over it. Don't lay in bed awake at 3 a.m. questioning whether it was the right decision. Don't obsess about the conversation that you had when you put the boundary in place, when you said no about something, when you absolutely knew that putting the boundary in place was the right decision for you. And that's the other thing that I sometimes forget to mention is that hell yes doesn't have to be as in yes or no. Do you agree? Don't you agree? It can be hell yes, I'm putting a boundary in place. Hell yes, I'm saying no. (laughs) The yes doesn't mean anything other than you're trusting your own instinct. It's not about the answer on the outside. It's a, oh yeah, this is the right decision for me. A strong hell yes, this is the right decision for me. Okay, so that is the work here. That is the practice. That is the thing that's going to start to reframe your overthinking. It's going to get you off the hamster wheel. It's going to get you to stop obsessing, to stop ruminating, to stop laying in bed awake in the middle of the night or sitting on a decision for months on end, which as a quick decision maker and having friends that live in that space, it's annoying as fuck. And nobody wants that. And I know that if you're struggling to make the decision, if you're overthinking your choice, what to do, where to do it, how to do it, you're not enjoying it either. I was on a call last week and we were talking about this idea of being overwhelmed. And so if you're not aware, if nobody has said this to you before, being overwhelmed, being stuck in overwhelm is often the result of overthinking. And so I want you to not belabor things, especially things that aren't big deals. Like, for instance, I started taking a ukulele class uh, last week and I was in a training with this person who was marketing their ukulele class. And I was like, I want to take it. And so I did. And I was like, what do I need? And he said, you need a ukulele. And I was like, I'm in. And so I went on Amazon, I bought a ukulele and I signed up for the class And paid the money and showed up and practiced, played the ukulele all week and learned how to play Three Little Birds. It's not a big decision. It might feel like a big decision, but I was not making the choice to become a professional ukulele player and travel the world playing the ukulele. I was making the choice to do something that seemed fun. And in truth, I've wanted to play the guitar for a really long time. I have one sitting in my office and I've struggled to make it work. I've struggled to figure it out. I haven't found the method that works to teach me other than with the exception of I need to probably find someone locally to teach me. But this gave me the opportunity to start figuring out some of the same ideas, the same practices, the same concepts with the ukulele that I could use with the guitar. Now, I've always had this idea in the back of my head. My my dad played the guitar. My brother played the guitar. My husband plays the guitar. My daughter's a musician. And I've always had this idea, like, 
I want to learn to play the guitar. That would be fun. So it wasn't a big leap for me, but what I recognize is that I had this opportunity, right? I was there present in the moment of this opportunity. And I said, yes, please send me the information. He sent me the information and I registered for it. You've got to start making decisions that are going to move you forward. They're going to move the needle forward in your business, in your life, in your relationships, in any, in your wellness, your own health and well-being, taking care of your own physical, emotional, spiritual health, making your soul happy. Those are the decisions that really matter. Whether you decide to put a blue or a gray couch in your living room does not matter. Whether you decide to move or stay where you are in the big scheme of things probably doesn't matter all that much right now. It's not that big of a deal that you have to lay in bed awake about it for months. I've often talked about moving, relocating from where I am. And what happens for me is instead of being like, should I go, shouldn't I go? Or should I move to this place or shouldn't I move to this place? I simply ask to be presented with the options of the places that I could relocate to or buy more properties in. And when an opportunity arises, when something shows up, when I happen to come across something or somebody sends me something, I then ask myself, is this a hell yes or a hell no? And sometimes it's a hell yes. And then I have to go through, jump through a bunch of hoops and it becomes a hell no because it is just not working out. And that's okay. I also don't beat myself up if I make a choice and then it's not the right choice. And that's what I teach. I don't want you to beat yourself up or judge yourself or give yourself a hard time because you've said hell yes. And maybe you jumped the gun on the hell yes, because we all do it. The only way to grow, to learn is to make mistakes, is to fail, is to stumble. So it's time. It's time for you to take action. Stop overthinking. Stop ruminating. Stop sitting in the shit. And start building the life that you actually love. That's it. It's that simple. All right, guys, if you want more on this, I do have a masterclass. It's 30 minutes packed with all this information and a bunch of other content and step-by-step and teaching you how to do it. And I'll link that up in the show notes. But if there's anything about today's episode that you would love to chat about, you'd love to reach out about, or if you have a question, a burning question that you would like to ask me, you want me to walk through on the podcast, send it to me, DM it to me on Instagram, and we will create an episode. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate the hell out of you. And we will see you guys next time. Take care. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And nice job on making it all the way to the end. Sticking around really speaks to your dedication and commitment to your own journey. So pat yourself on the back for that one. And like with any new venture, we truly believe word of mouth is so valuable in the growth process. So if you're enjoying the podcast, share it with your peeps, share a photo or video of you listening on Instagram, and be sure to tag us at out of your mind with Pam. And so you will always know when new content drops, be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to this episode. Thanks again for listening. And we will see you in the next episode. One of the most effective things that you can do as a mom is you can learn to regulate your nervous system. Now, you might be thinking, 
Pam, how do I regulate my nervous system? Well, there's lots of different strategies, but one really great way to start to wire the brain for relaxation for calm, for more peace, is to up your gratitude game. And that is exactly why I created a free email series just for you. The Ultimate Guide to a Grateful Life is 15 essential practices and prompts to cultivate a brain wired for gratitude, which will create for you a more abundant and a happier life and you. And all it takes is just a couple minutes a day. These are strategies that are proven to wire the brain towards rest and digest. And that is the side of the brain, the parasympathetic nervous system, that we want to be more active. This is where emotional regulation comes from. So grab your copy today by going to pamgodboys.com forward slash gratitude and start wiring your brain for a happier, healthier life.